welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Othman, a biblical church centered on Christ. Why do bad things happen to good people? Have you ever wondered that? Why does God allow cancer? This past week, over half a million people have died of COVID. It took nearly a year, but just here in the U.S., over half a million people. Couldn't God have stopped it? You know, these are questions that Christians need to be prepared to answer. And the reason why we need to be prepared to answer them is because secular, unchurched, lost people attack the character of God by saying, if God was good, if God was loving, if God cared, he would stop that disease. He would stop that child from dying. He would stop this tragedy happening in a family's life. Tonight, we're going to be looking at the scriptures and answering the question of God's purpose in all circumstances. Go ahead and open up your Bibles to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 50, verses 15 through 26, and then we will turn over to the well-known scripture in Romans chapter 8, verse 28 through 30. So glad you're able to join us here tonight, our Sunday evening worship service, our online service here at Broadway Baptist Church, right here in the heart of Lexington, Kentucky. It is a time that we have been going through, really, the past three months, studying the life of Joseph. And we've really come to almost the end. I say almost the end because next week we will still st kick off the book of uh, Exodus chapter 1. And the reason why is because it still talks about Joseph in Exodus chapter 1. Joseph is about to pass away, we're going to see tonight. And he's going to explain how he witnessed and watched God work through his life all the days of his life. Think about your own personal life. Have you seen the Lord work in your life from maybe when you were a child or a teenager to where you are now? You've seen the hand of God just guiding maybe the person you married, hopefully the person you married. Also, maybe through your children, maybe some difficulties with, with people in your life, some battles that you've had with disease and um, uh, setbacks, maybe with a, ca a cancer, maybe with a surgery. And you've been able to look back and say, I can see through all of these different circumstances how the Lord was just almost like a chess, a master chess player, just making moves and positioning me, preparing me, preparing you to meet him in heaven. We prepare ourselves spiritually to meet God. We're going to look here in the scriptures here. Genesis chapter 50, verse 15. This is the, uh, the story of Joseph here at the very end, last chapter and the last sections here of the book of Genesis. Verse 15, when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said to one another, if Joseph is holding a grudge against us, he will certainly repay us for all the suffering that we have caused. What's going on here is Joseph just buried his father, Jacob, in Canaan. Jacob was... 147 years old when he passed away. When he, Joseph buried his father, Joseph was 56 years old. So 
Here we see the story of his time now. Daddy has passed away and Joseph's brothers, remember his 10 older brothers, remember Joseph is 11 of 12, his 10 older brothers sold him into slavery. And what we're going to see the story and what's happening here is they're now going to have to go, go back to Egypt, stand before their brother and basically apologize because their father's dead, says, you know, we need to show our, pay our respects, show our respects to our brother. So they're somewhat worried, you know, I wonder if he has forgiven us. I wonder if things are different. So they sent this message to Joseph, verse 16. Before he died, your father gave a command. Say this to Joseph, please forgive your brother's transgressions and their sin, the suffering they cause you. Therefore, please forgive the transgression of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept when their message came to him. I think what's powerful about that is Joseph received this message. His brothers didn't even come to him. He's getting a message that came to him. They didn't even have the courage to approach their brothers themselves. And I think what's a reminder for us and what's powerful to us, what's meaningful to us, is Joseph had a compassionate, loving heart. He wept when he saw this message. You do kind of wonder if Jacob actually even made that statement. Or, you know, when, when someone dies, you can obviously put words in their mouth. And they say, you know, Dad wanted uh, you to forgive us. We just want to remind you, Joseph, you need to have a forgiving and compassionate heart towards us and what we've done. And it's amazing how dead people can speak when they didn't even say the words. But that could have been the case with Jacob. We don't know. But, or we could just trust that maybe Jacob did say that. And we, we, hold him to, we hold him to his word. But Joseph is weeping when the, he gets this message that his brother is ready to forgive and ready to um, just ask, say, I'm sorry. You know, we should not have done this. But this is what's so powerful about this passage. This goes on to say, his brothers also came to him and they bowed down before him. So they are showing this utmost respect. And they says... We are your slaves, meaning I'm just a slave. I, I can't stand on anything. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You planned evil against me. God planned it for good to bring about the present result, the survival of many people. What you planned, your purpose for evil, the Lord planned for good. There it is. God is working. Joseph has the spiritual maturity at this point to realize, you know, my brothers tried to kill me. I have forgiven them. I see how the Lord has rescued me from their evil intent and actually worked a miracle and did great things in their life. And I think what, what he also recognizes, that phrase, the survival of many people, people were saved because of Joseph. Remember, God gave him a dream of seven good years to save up in seven bad years. It's a great uh, stewardship principle for us. We should always be prepared for when difficult days go. And ultimately, those, that preparation is really our dependence upon the Lord. That's how we're most prepared. Not so much financial. Yes, it's good to save for retirement. Yes, it's good to save for a rainy day. But more and most importantly, 
You are ready and prepared. And how Joseph was prepared is he obeyed the Lord through that dream. And it says, therefore, don't be afraid. I will take care of you and your children. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. He was not a harsh man. Have you ever known a harsh man? Have you ever known someone that you just, you just, uh, you cringe on telling them bad news? Joseph was one of those guys. He just extended kindness. He had compassion. He wasn't hurtful and hateful. He recognized, I've had setbacks in my life, yet it was the Lord who worked through every single one of them. Joseph and his father's family remained in Egypt. Joseph lived 110 years old. Remember, his father lived 147 years, so Joseph's 110 years old. He saw Ephraim's sons to the third generation. That's he has two boys, Ephraim and Manasseh. And Manasseh's sons, Manasseh's son, Machir, were recognized by Joseph. Joseph said to his brothers, I'm about to die, but God will certainly come to your aid and bring you up from this land to the land he swore to give Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Those are the patriarchs, including his his father, his grandfather, and his great-grandfather. That's the land of Canaan. They're buried at the uh, Mapareth, which is right outside Hebron. And all three of those patriarchs are, are buried there. You can go visit the tomb now. It's now, I believe I've shared, it's an Islamic mosque. And you're not able to enter. So Joseph made the sons of Israel take an oath. So here's this oath. The sons of Israel, these are his his extended family. He's going to make a promise. He's going to require a promise from them. When God comes to your aid, you're to carry my bones up from here. Up from here means when, when the day comes, I know I'm going to be buried here. I know I'm going to die here in Egypt, but Egypt is not my home. Even though I haven't lived in the land of Canaan for a long time, that's not our land. So Joseph's asking for the same thing his father's asking for. Joseph had a real loyalty to his dad. He wants to be buried with Jacob. Joseph died at the age of 110. They embalmed him and placed him in a coffin in Egypt. That there, embalmment, would be the only two people, remember, only two people embalmed in the Bible are Joseph as well as his father, Jacob. Now, Egyptians mummified. Nowhere in the Bible do we see anybody in Scripture uh, getting mummified. But here, um, Joseph is um, requesting, um, basically, I want to be embalmed because I know ultimately you're going to take my bones and carry me up some years later and I'm going to be buried. I want to rest in the land of Canaan with everyone else. So the question is, answering what we want to talk about tonight. Why do bad things happen to good people? And Joseph answers that question. He recognized what looked so bad in my life, me being sold into slavery, a big lie being told to my father, seeing um, me lied about in Potiphar's house, being thrown back in prison, and watching the hand of God lift me up out of jail, actually being forgotten about in prison. And then all of a sudden, the Lord raised him up to the prime minister through the dreams that he's having there. And it's with the right hand of Pharaoh. So when he makes that statement, 
please, when they come to him and say, please forgive your brother's transgression and their sin, they're asking for forgiveness. That's the, he's answering this question. They're begging him. And he says, am I in the place of God? Do y'all not realize I'm just like one of you? Who am I to kill? Who am I to treat you with evil? What you planned against me, God planned it for good. The evil in your heart, the Lord used it for a greater good. So we can take, we can take this principle. When bad things happen to us, when we experience setbacks in our life, we need to be looking, saying, God, what are you doing here? I didn't want this to happen. I regret this disease. This person hurt me. I'm hurt, physically hurt, spiritually hurt, and emotionally hurt. And Lord, I know you're still God. And I know you're going to work a miracle in through, through this. And I think what we want to see for us is we have to have the same confidence that Joseph had that yes, God is working. Yes, the Lord is, is great. And God, I want to see you. I want to experience your work through this evil that's been set against me. Do you know, we don't know, we don't know ultimately Joseph's heart. Never do we see Joseph having any sign of revenge or animosity towards his brothers. Now, he did toy with them and play a game with them when they first appeared before him, but he was hurting. Remember, when he saw Benjamin, he wept when he saw his younger brother. He played a game with them basically to get his whole family there to Egypt. But he didn't hurt them. Never do we see any hatred in his heart towards the harm that was done towards him. And for us as believers and Christians, Joseph's heart, when it says, and he spoke kindly to them, we need to have that same compassionate, that same love towards other people who've hurt us. Have you been hurt? Has someone said hateful or hurtful things to you? Our natural instinct is to respond back with spite, with anger. You just want to uh, just want strike back. You know, I think of, I was pumping gas at the Shell last week on Clay's Mill Road. In this van, I didn't actually see the event happen, but I heard about it because I was right there. Couldn't miss it. This van apparently pulled out in front of this truck. And this truck's driving down the road. And you know, obviously, if you're going down the road, and someone pulls out in front of you, and all of a sudden you are going 40 miles an hour, now you have to go 25 miles an hour. And you're thinking, what? They've got to learn how to drive. They shouldn't have done that. This guy in his truck behind him, he holds down the horn. Now, I don't mean he gave a friendly toot of the horn. Toot, toot, no. The man held the horn down and drove all the way down, while I'm sitting there holding the gas pump, Clay's Mill Road, all the way until the horn just goes out of the distance. He's still holding it. man could have drove three miles down the road just holding the horn down behind this van. 
letting everybody know I'm unhappy with this car because they pulled out in front of me. And there was this sense of revenge. I want to strike back at you. You know, road rage. I can't believe you pulled out in front of me. I'm going to let you know how unhappy I am. That was not Joseph. Joseph did not have that type of character. You know, Jesus tells us, when we're struck on one side of the cheek, what do we do? We turn the other cheek. And what he's telling us is we do not return evil for evil. Someone's done something against you, you kill them with kindness. Joseph spoke kindly to his brothers. Joseph was looking for the good in all situations. He witnessed the hand of God despite him being sold into slavery. He could have easily, his brothers are there offering themselves as slaves. He had already, they had sold him into slavery. Why wouldn't it be great to say, I'm going to stick it back to you. You're going to be my slave now here in Egypt. But no, he's using kindness. God's purpose spans an eternity. And it was a lifetime for Joseph. He saw at the very end, seeing how the Lord absolutely worked to save the Hebrew people. What's amazing about the story of Joseph, the Hebrew people go there as a little family of 70, of Jacob's family, through Joseph. Uh, 400 years later, they leave over a million and a half people through the Exodus. Joseph's bones will leave Egypt. Do you know how they leave Egypt? They go through the Red Sea. Joseph had... The, the glory of past seeing that miracle of his bones and passing through those waters as God parted the Red Sea with Moses. Moses carried the bones up and they were there also when they, the, they parted in the Jordan River going into the land of Canaan. Joseph was right there. God's plan and purpose. You know, Psalm 23, 4 tells us, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and Joseph had walked through the valley of shadow of death, Shadow of death means dark days. That means you have dealt with death. I read in the newspaper this past morning of about someone, and I believe they were, I think Florida, is a story about this lady in Florida. She had lost her husband in April to COVID. And he was only in his 50s. And she is now basically a young widow. And she has gone almost a year now being a widow. He got COVID at work. He died a week or two later, and she's still grieving. She's in the valley of the shadow of death. For her, COVID is real. COVID is a loss. She has felt the pain of this virus. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God's rod is shepherd's rod. God's staff, a shepherd's staff, they comfort the sheep. When we are in that valley, when, we are, when we've been betrayed, we've been hurt, we must turn to the Lord. And I know I'm speaking to some people right now. You have been hurt. You have been a victim. You have been um, just experienced setbacks. And you're looking for guidance and hope. And the Lord is reaching out his hand and say, I offer the comfort. I offer the hope. I offer the assurance that you need. Turn in your Bibles to the book of Romans. Romans 
chapter 8. This will be our last scripture we look at tonight. It's one that we need to be familiar with in times of uncertainty, in times of difficult days. We need to be aware of this scripture. Before we uh, read the scripture, I want to share um, a story. It's, I'm a member of a Facebook group with some other Southern Baptist pastors. And I read the comments of what, of what they say. And one of the comments was this man, he apparently was having just some tough times at his church. You know, and church life's been very difficult. There's so many uncertainties. All of a sudden, preachers are now internet preachers. Uh, giving, you're not passing an offering place. So uh, you're dependent upon all of a sudden the mail service, online giving. Uh, we use here Broadway black boxes. So everything's just different. Unique circumstances for everything. And you know, if you've been doing church, you've been pastoring one way for 30, 40 years, and all of a sudden, bam, everything changes on you. It, it can be difficult. You know, no one likes change, especially when you've been faithful at doing something the same amount of time, but then everything is different. Well, he was, he was asking for prayer because he was about to go into, I believe, difficult deacons meeting, and you know, they're just, um, just giving him a hard time uh, under about a lot of the things going on, just changes in the church. What are we going to do, pastor? What's up with this? And he was asking for prayer based on Romans 8.28. He says, guys, I know that God works through everything. I know that in all circumstance, the Lord works for the good of those who love him. Those who have been called by his name. We're about to read the scripture. But he says, it's hard when you know that, yet you don't have a clear direction about what to do in this situation. And I think a lot of times when you're, and he was in the valley, he just says, right, guys, I've got a, I need prayer. I've got a difficult meeting coming up. I'm turning to you. So let's read that passage here. This is what we hang our hope on, even though we are in tough times. We know ultimately my hope rests in the Lord. Your hope rests in the Lord. Look what Romans 8 28 says. It says we know that all things, not some things, not a few things, all things. That means every single circumstance. God is a God of all things. COVID. The Lord is a fully aware of COVID. 9-11. It did not catch God off guard. You know, if God was called off guard by COVID, if September 11th caught the Lord off guard, guys, He's not God. God is from eternity past to eternity future. He is, a, he is fully aware of every situation going on, every longing, every desire of our heart. And it says here, we know that in all things... They work together for the good of those who love God. The good means God takes the bad. God takes, God takes everything. And he's working it for, for a greater purpose. Those who are called according to his purpose. For those he foreknew, he also predestined. That foreknowledge, God knows the future. 
that predestined, God is aware of who ultimately who will accept his son Jesus as Savior. He's not fooled and caught off guard by those who reject his son. God is he's predestined, what? To be conformed to the image of his son. We grow in spiritual maturity, becoming more and more, more like Jesus. Are you more like Jesus than you were this past fall? Is your attitude like that of the Lord? Do you have a Christ-like spirit? Do you have a compassion when you see people who are trying to live their life without Christ? If that's the, if that's the case, that's when we want to be able to encourage and push people towards being more Christ-like in, in their demeanor. Because we are becoming like the Son. So that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. Look at that process there. This is the process of just becoming more and more like Christ. He says, he first of all, he predestines. So you've been predestined to become like Christ. God wants to see you saved. And not only that, he calls. He calls you out. He says, Elizabeth, Benjamin, Esther, Daniel, I'm calling you to my son. I'm calling you to know the Father. There's a call on our life. There's a call for us to call to be saved. Have you, have you accepted Christ as your Savior? Not only that, is there a call to be saved? There's also a call for us to serve the Lord. I was saved at 15. I was called to preach at 16. But many times, some of us are called, maybe, to teach Sunday school. We're called to serve. We're called to lead in our church. To call to further the gospel using the spiritual gifts, the tools God has equipped and given you for His service. And then now does He call? He also justifies. That means He has made us in right standing before God. We are innocent. We are no longer guilty. And those He justifies ultimately are glorified. Glorified means when we die... We, we bring glory to God the Father because of our relationship, of our love for His Son. It pleases God for us to love His Son. So this morning, we look at this. Every circ all things, every circumstance, God is working. We don't, a lot of times you're in the dark valley and you're wondering, Lord, why? And I want to, from my personal experience, the answer of why, God's purpose for us in all circumstances, even the bad ones, is for us to rely and to draw and to be dependent upon the Lord. Do you need the Lord? Are you dependent upon the Lord? Is the Lord who you're running to when uncertainty happens? You know, when you hear some gossip or you hear some bad news, do you turn to Jesus or do you call your friend and, and talk about it? Do you turn to intercessory prayer? You know, we want to be believers when we, when we have uncertainties 
we cry out, Abba, Father, God, it's you. You're the one I want. You're my Savior. God, there's who else do I turn to? Think about it. When you have difficult, when you, when the doctor says there's nothing else I can do, when your children and grandchildren do not obey you, and they're in the spirit of a rebellion, and your your husband you don't believe is being honest and faithful to you, who else do you turn to? And God is saying, Me, I'm here. I have a plan and purpose for your life that only I can work. The story of Joseph from this young boy getting a great coat of many colors with his somewhat arrogant little attitude showing off what mom and dad gave him. Bragging when he's a young teenager about his dreams. His brothers just, it said they hated him. And now, in his old age, they're bowing down, offering themselves as a slave to him, 56 years old. Man. And they, I mean, they're older than him. You have to remember, these weren't spring chickens. Their brothers were in their 60s and probably 70s. They are bowing down before their brother. And they're saying, we want to be a slave. And he spoke kindly to them. Only God, and in your circumstance too, only the Lord. God wants you to turn to him. If you're listening to this, I want you to turn to the Lord. What's, what's heavy on your heart? What's causing that restless sleep? What's causing the uncertainty? God's speaking and saying, soon you're going to meet me. Soon you're going to see me face to face. Soon you will see that everything in this book here was true. Why wait now? Don't, be, don't call on God on your deathbed or at the very end. God wants a relationship, a daily relationship, a walk with Him. The story of Joseph is the story of God working in all and every circumstance. I'm inviting you tonight. Will you trust the Lord? Will you make God the Lord of your life and give that, give that burden you have? Jesus says He was gentle and lowly. He can take it. You give your burdens to the Lord and He gives you a new heart. I want to pray for you right now. God, I pray for those listening. Lord, some of us here have heavy burdens. There's so many different burdens in this sinful world we live in. Lord, I don't want to sit here and name every problem. Lord, you know our problems. Lord, I'm asking for those listening, those praying this prayer, that they will turn to you. There's, only, there's no, other, no other one else, no other God but you, Lord. God, thank you for saving us. Thank you for seeing your son. Thank you for the story of Joseph. Lord, we pray you seal these words in our heart. Don't let us ever forget that you work in all circumstances for your good. Jesus, I pray that those listening that do not know you will step into an eternal relationship with an eternal God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
If you want to get saved, we have a connection card, online connection card. I want to hear from you. Send me, fill out that connection card, shoot me an email, call our church office. One of our staff members, one of our ministers would be happy and be honored to talk to you and lead you into a relationship with Jesus. And that's if you're a teenager, a child, or an adult. Anyone can call out upon the name of the Lord. God bless you. I hope the Lord's doing great things in your life. He works in all circumstances. I will see you next Sunday night right here at Broadway Baptist Church, 6 o'clock, for our evening worship service. See you next week.